0: back. Um, this is episode 7 of The Study with Kobe Arner, and I really love this conversation. Um, I feel like I didn't really do much talking because Kobe's a really great kind of storyteller, and he's pretty clear, so that was pretty nice for me. Took a little break on this one. <laughs> I'm kidding, but Kobe, Kobe's really great. I really... I discovered him through his photography originally, and um, I mean, through listening to this, you'll kind of understand what he's up to, but we spent a lot of this podcast talking about his beginnings in music and drumming, and how he kind of saw that that was a possibility from his dad, and then his brother, and got into it at a really young age in Atlanta, and... It's pretty interesting because I've been thinking a lot about mentorship and just kind of having somebody, you know, to not necessarily show you the ropes, but just be there for you when situations arise and, you know, just be a helping hand on occasion or just have some words of wisdom for you. And I've been thinking a lot about that lately. And it was just at the time when we had this conversation, which was perfect because Kobe's had a lot of really generous people in his life and he's been able to do you know the things that he's interested in through like a really passionate pursuit from his side as well as seeing others you know kind of pave the way at a young age um, which makes everything a possibility for him and for all of us Um, so it's just really interesting to hear his journey you know, like starting out with the drumming in Atlanta and getting a motivational speech from Chris Black um, telling him to move to the city <clears throat> and then starting to photograph. Um, yeah, he's a great photographer. He's a great drummer. Um, he plays in a band called Rebounder and he has a solo project as well under the name of Casual Ties. And the intro music is actually by Kobe. So that's a nice addition on this one. Um, but yeah, I had a great time talking to Kobe, and I hope you enjoy listening to this. So thank you.
1: Peace. Yeah, I'm Kobe Arner. Not Kobe Yarner. I feel like a lot <laughs> of people attach the Y in my first name <laughs> to my last name. Uh, but yeah, my name's Kobe. I take photos. I play drums in a band, and I also um make like electronic music under the name casual ties um i live in new york i'm 24 years old um i'm a scorpio (laughs) (laughs) um if you're into that uh and uh i but i grew up in in georgia that's where i was like raised so i'm a southern southern boy
0: yeah i was i was gonna i was curious about that um and like how your upbringing kind of brought you to music and photography mm-hmm. if there was any early relation there
1: totally um so my upbringing was i feel like pretty normal my mom's a teacher my dad also does music but more in the vein of uh like christian gospel kind of world uh, but his story is really funny because he was probably my age living in uh like tampa florida area um and was he had like a lawn service like a lawn business and uh was you know cutting grass every day um in the like 90 degree heat and humidity in florida and then was like pretty active i guess in the church down there and someone asked him to audition for like uh, like a musical that they were doing or like a play or something. And there were a bunch of speaking parts and no one else wanted to do that. So my dad, my dad auditions, there were also like, I guess, a few solos in this, in this, uh, this musical. And so he ended up singing in front of like the whole church and, there was a guy sitting in the crowd that was like, Oh, you should come sing for my voice teacher. Like he's this, you know, Italian, uh, classically trained opera guy. He would like really be able to like train you and like, you could really figure out what you want to do with, with like your voice. And my dad being like, well, I have this like lawn service thing. I'm not going to just like start, start taking voice lessons, but I guess the guy, the guy hounded him for a while. And so he ended up, um, finally going to this voice teacher, um, And he still goes to him to this day. He's like 96, 97 years old. This dude, Mario. Um, And so he basically taught him how to sing opera. So my dad's a classically trained opera singer. And um, he was like, oh, maybe I'll like, like his initial intention was like, oh, maybe I'll sing to like my wife at the wedding, like my mom (laughs) at the wedding. And that was the reason he did it. And now (laughs) cut to, to, you know, 30 years later, four years later, he's still like singing, um but That's amazing anyway he went from doing opera and like singing in uh you know theaters and stuff around tampa um and then i guess mario was like hey i could really like hook you up with like some people in new york and like you could be you know traveling and doing this and being like doing like residencies or however it works with like opera but um he felt kind of conflicted about that he was like man i, I feel like that world is kind of like shallow and like not really what I want to do. Um, so I think, like, I want to, like, dedicate my life to just, like, singing, like, Christian music and, like, traveling the country and singing at, like, conventions and, like, doing concerts and, like, all that stuff. So that's what he's been doing since he was my age. Um,
0: so amazing.
1: And just kind of, he sold his lawn service and just kind of went head on into that. So growing up around that made, like, the whole, um, you know, doing music, working for yourself, that whole mindset and that whole, like, lifestyle, it just felt more attainable to me from, like, from, like, the the jump, um, because I was, like, everyone else's dads at, like, school just, like, work in, like, offices, and my dad gets to, like, travel, and, like, we get to travel with him sometimes, and so that was just, like, really cool to me, I think, and again, from an early age, just made me realize like this is possible. Like you can totally do this, you know? Absolutely. Um, So eventually started like traveling with my dad. Like we'd be in school during um, the year, like the school year. And then during the summers we would, you know, take off with him. And eventually we got like an RV and like traveled as a family, like that whole thing, um, which was really rad, but started playing drums just in church. We would play like, you know, camp ground, you know, things like, week-long kind of, like, camp things, like, family camp. Um, but would do that during the summers and then would come back, you know, during the year. And my brother and I started playing, like, our church. My brother's three and a half years older than me. And uh, he kind of gravitated towards guitar. So I was like, oh, I should play drums. And, like, my dad, growing up, also wasn't allowed to, like, play drums because they were too loud, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so when we were, like, getting around, like, eight, nine, ten years old, he was like, if I got you a drum set, like, would you, would you learn? I was like dude absolutely (laughs) like what are you talking about (laughs) so anyway started uh started playing drums started taking lessons was playing in church every week doing that whole thing and in Atlanta um where we were based there um where I grew up um there's kind of like a circuit of like churches that you can like play at and like you can make money doing that weirdly like like a lot of money. And so I was like, I was like in high school, just doing that. And like, that was my job. So it was cool. It was cool to see like how, you know, my dad setting that example of just like doing music and, and making those sacrifices, dedicating his life to that. And then cut to me in high school, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm doing this as a job. I'm playing with other people. I'm playing with people twice my age, you know, it was a really good learning experience. And so that was kind of the environment in which I like, I guess, learned, Uh, and I guess I got my chops or whatever, you know, you get the experience of like playing in front of people and like playing to track and click and like there's cameras and like production and stuff like that. Um, so that was kind of where I got that experience. And then my brother went to college, um, in Nashville, Tennessee, when I was like a freshman in high school. And so we would start taking trips up there just to visit him, like on the weekends and stuff. And I was introduced to just like a bunch of his friends that were going to school. And we all like, like the same music. We all love Foster the People and Kings of Leon and The Killers and The Strokes, and like all these bands. And so I just, I clicked up with these guys who, again, were like a few years older than me, but really like took me under their wing. And I think we just had like a connection. Um, and so my buddy Toby um, started this band called Finn. Which i then joined which was like a cool like indie rock kind of cold war kids kind of thing um and so i would drive up on the weekends from atlanta because i at this point i was doing online school too because my parents were just like oh you can just you can do what you actually want to do with your life instead of wasting eight or nine hours in school every day so (laughs) i didn't i did i did freshman year in public school and then my last three years of high school they were like you can just do online school so i was like Sick. Wow. So, so I would finish my work, you know, Monday to Wednesday. And then, say, like Thursday morning, I'll drive up to Nashville, spend the weekend there. Um, we would do like a rehearsal or two and then play clubs on the weekends in, in Nashville. Um, and so that was my first real experience getting, um, you know, getting to play outside of just like a church environment. And I feel like that's when I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like people are showing up. People are like excited. There's a lot more like I don't know, the whole the whole scene just felt like very exciting to me. Also as like a 16, 17 year old, I was, you know, playing in clubs for the first time with these like college age dudes. I was like, this is cool. This is cool. Yeah. So so <laughs> kind of stuck that out and, and for, you know, two or three years it was just traveling back and forth. And then eventually when I when I graduated high school, um, moved to Nashville and that's where I kind of like set out on my own and um, did the band for like maybe another year year and a half and that kind of like dissipated and by that time had met a bunch of other musicians in Nashville so started kind of being like more like hired gun kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, which was again just like each experience just kind of like helped me level up in a way and made me feel like okay this is a career path and not just like a hobby anymore yeah um because i also in in moving to nashville i kind of like left the whole playing playing in church doing like the atlanta like circuit thing like Mm -hmm. the mega church thing and so i i fully just kind of like took the leap of faith and was like i'm gonna i'm gonna make this happen so did the band started playing with other people um my good friend mitch schneider who's a great like Pianist, keyboardist. He now does like playback and like Ableton stuff for a bunch of artists in Nashville. I had met him through my brother's school, um, and he was playing for an artist at the time. Artist at the time, and he was like, "We're auditioning drummers. We, you know, we want you to audition. I want you to to audition because I think it would be fun to travel together." Blah blah blah. And so this was in like May of, of 2017. I know, I'm kind of like jumping around a lot, but no, May May of May of 2017, I, um, I auditioned for this artist we ended up, I uh, ended up getting the gig. And like a month later, we were on this full like US tour um, after kind of just like chilling in Nashville. And I, I was playing out, but it was nothing like super crazy. And mm-hmm. was just like working at this store, which I'll, I'll go into more later. But um, but got this gig a month later, left for, I think I was gone for like a month and a half or something, yeah. which which at 20 years old, just like getting in a van and like leaving was was very crazy. So and we didn't have like a tour manager, like none of that. But I remember getting getting the like text or email, whatever, like a week into having this gig being like, oh yeah, and we like just booked Kimmel. So heads up for that. I'm <laughs> like, oh yeah, no worries. <laughs> like that'll <laughs> that'll be fun. But it was just it was just a very crazy experience. And so did that for a while, traveled Got to go to, like, Europe and Korea and most of the U.S. Um, for the first time. Uh, wow. And so that, that experience kind of solidified, like, this is what I want to do. This is what I care about. I love traveling. I love being in a different place every day. Um, you know, I love taking photos on the road. At that point, I had met all of my, like, fashion-y, like, stylists photographer friends in Nashville, which are still kind of like my, my tight community of like close friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so had kind of like gotten more serious about photography, was dating a photographer as well who lived in New York. So was on set with her every once in a while when I would visit. And mm-hmm. so just like really started getting serious about photos as well. So was taking um, photos on the road, which ended up turning into like my first book after we got off of that, that first kind of long run of shows. Um, and then I think towards the end of 2017, I felt a little bit burnt out just because I, I don't think I was like conditioned yet to like really live like a healthy lifestyle on the road and like know how to balance the rest of my life as well. Because again, I was kind of just like thrown into this and while it was what I wanted to do, I felt just kind of like conflicted about the whole thing. And I feel like, Okay, this is definitely what I want to do, but this might not be the ideal uh, like condition situation to do it. condition to do it. Yeah, so I ended up kind of stepping away from that that project and that artist, and then um, was still playing around Nashville. This is now early 2018 um and And you're uh, still living
0: in nashville at this point
1: still living in nashville yeah so um i had a house kind of like 15 20 minutes outside of nashville with a few of my really good friends who are also like artists and and drummers and Mm -hmm. so living again living in that environment really helped me like stay creative and we were just always like putting each other on to like different books and music and designers like all this stuff um i don't know if you know the band coin um my buddy plays drums in this band coin ryan he's like one of my Mm -hmm. dearest friends but he's uh still just like a a big brother in a lot of ways just like a really good like mentor and peer and was a few years older so he had moved to nashville when he was like you know 19 right out of high school and just like made the band thing work so i was like okay i'm gonna like i'm gonna stick with this dude this dude's gonna like be be there for me know how to kind of like if I have questions, he can answer them, you know, kind of thing. Help me so navigate. Help me navigate that whole world. So, it's still one of my dearest friends. But yeah, I was living in this house with these other artists. And uh, this was now, yeah, early 2018. I was kind of feeling like, man, I've been in Nashville for, you know, two and a half, three years now. I, I like where this is headed, but I feel like I need, I just need more. Like, I want more. I want more opportunity. I want, um, you know, a different community.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um and again all of the my like core group of of people there were all kind of feeling the same way they had been in Nashville either their entire lives or had been there for four or five years were just like kind of burned out on it yeah. um and so they were like I think I think we want to I think we want to move to New York and I was dating this girl at the time here and she was like I think you should move here so I was like all right I'm just gonna like do it you know so yeah I um and that was like a really like it was a whole mess, like figuring out how to like move. And like, I I quit this job that I like really cared about there as well. Um, and, and made the move to New York in the fall of 2018. Okay. And that's kind of that's kind of when I feel like I set out on like my my real like mission, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, but at that time was just my relationship to music was very different. I again was maybe maybe kind of burnt out a little bit because I had I had traveled, I had like played for a bunch of different artists. I had I felt like really put in the time and was just still like, but what is it that I actually want to do? I felt like I was just like feeding into other people's projects and, and, and things and didn't really have the opportunity to express myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the photography came in. Uh and then also moving here and meeting my band was like the first time I had been excited about music in in a year or two years you know was just yeah, really awesome. like it felt like I was you know 16 17 again playing in those clubs with my first band you yeah. know so so that experience really solidified like okay I want to be I want to be in New York for a while like this is this is a good place for me yeah so. that's
0: so interesting how like you know your environment can totally like allow you to think that something's possible and then pursue that wholeheartedly like your dad and then and then being able to do the online school and like totally out with the college guys because it's like oh there's an older person in my life my dad who's doing this there's a little bit older than me the college kids who are doing it totally there's a little bit of like steps to the ladder
1: yes yes and so i just i use that opportunity to just apply myself and and be around good people be around people who um had a positive influence had a similar like passion and drive as i did and yeah. i feel like because of that i never not never but i didn't second guess myself i think as much as i as i would have if i was more like isolated totally um so yeah, that's had, not
0: in your life that's like
1: it's totally every reach. every exactly everyone um I knew, you know, closely on a very, like, personal basis, like, who were doing more like creative pursuits, they they were very, like, laser focused and didn't think about, like, oh, what if, what if I don't get hired, what if blah, 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 you know, they were just like, no, we're going to do what it takes to, like, really make this work, and if we have to move to New York, if we have to, you know, do X, Y, Z, we're just going to do it, yeah. um, because we have this, like, vision for what we want, so... I, um, I definitely owe a lot to, like, my parents being super supportive of me, um, not only playing music, but also doing, like, the online school thing, and then letting, like, a 16, 17-year-old just, like, go to, like, Nashville on the weekends was just, like, I feel like they just, like, really trusted me, so I'll always, like, have an appreciation for them just being, like, you obviously know what you want, so we're we're trusting you to just, like, go for it, you know? Yeah, that's so amazing. So, so props props to that <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah um and
0: was there something like that uh with photography that you know i mean i you, you mentioned you, you had your girlfriend who's working and stuff like that
1: yeah um, yeah i think the the more like visual side of things i think very early on came from just like growing up like skateboarding and like videoing my friends and stuff like doing that and that's obviously Mm -hmm. very a very visual medium as well like would buy thrasher skateboard magazine whatever and like flip through and was very interested in like what shoes people were wearing in different photos and like who was sponsored by who and Mm -hmm. just like who who looked the coolest I remember being like really into I think like Corey Duffel was I don't know if you know that yeah, name, yeah but yeah. yeah he was kind of like like a punk rock kind of like skater uh, which I thought was really <laughs> cool and he would wear like super tight jeans and yeah I, I, I feel remember. like I yeah yeah and I feel like there's there's a lot of other like influences there and like later on like uh, the Gons like Mark Gonzalez like all those dudes just I don't know I, I don't really skate anymore, but growing up when you see those people who are just like so expressive and so interesting and so uh, creative in so many different ways, I was like, man, this is, this is really cool. And I feel like I could see myself living this, this kind of lifestyle where it's like, I'm, I'm making stuff and people are paying me to make stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, totally. um, but anyway, so I think, I think the whole like skateboarding, growing up, reading those magazines stuff, snowballed then into, Um, you know, just being very online again, I did online school. So any moment that I wasn't, um, doing a test or studying or writing a paper or whatever, I was on like blogs and like Tumblr and different like e-commerce sites, which at the time was probably like need supply, like something like that, where I was like, I was taking in all this, just like this visual information. It was like about the clothes, it was about style, it was kind of that post- menswear kind of era and I was like oh man this is really cool um and so just like delved really head first into that and started like buying the clothes and just like for a 16 17 year old spending like way too much money on clothes that I would eventually like grow out of or just like not like anymore (laughs) I would just like like sell on ground or whatever but um (laughs) I think uh I think that had a lot to do with like making me more interested in like picking up a camera and taking photos and I, I had like a DSLR in high school and I would like take photos of my friends and edit them in like Visco or whatever and right. <laughs> and do that whole thing. And then, yeah, it I think it really became real when I moved to Nashville, started working at the store Wilder, um, which is like a cool like contemporary design furniture. Uh, we did like clothing pop-ups, mm-hmm. but it was this this store in Nashville opened by husband and wife, Ivy and Josh Elrod, who had lived in New York for like 20 years. And they mm-hmm. had moved moved back to Nashville to open the store. And I was like, this is obviously the coolest thing in Nashville. Like I'd seen someone post about it. And so walked in and met the owners, like hit it off right off the bat. Uh, like this was like right before I had moved to Nashville. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna be moving here. Like you guys want to give me a job (laughs) you know (laughs) because every like they had like you know the fiberglass chairs like the modernica like fiberglass chairs cool art on the walls they were burning incense playing cool like reggae and dub music and like house and stuff i was like this is tight like we don't we don't (laughs) we don't have this in atlanta we don't have this in nashville so just gravitated gravitated towards them uh josh one of the owners was a blue man for 10 years was in the blue man group for 10 years wow uh also like a brilliant painter. Um, again, was in New York just like during the heyday of New York, I feel like, or the most recent heyday of New York. Right. And then and then Ivy, his wife, was um a rockette um, like a dancer, uh, performer, yeah. also a brilliant writer. So I met them and it was just immediately like just give me all of your knowledge kind of thing right, right, right. and uh i uh it was my first like real job like because uh, i said uh uh you know I, I played drums in atlanta but never really had like a retail job or anything like that so it was my first like job where i had like submit a resume and stuff like that and submitted a resume and i was like i think in the conversations leading up to that i had been like oh i just graduated like i need a job and they took that as just graduated college
0: hmm. and
1: i was fresh out of high school and so when i sent in my resume they were like now hold on, like, wait a minute, are you trying to, like, scam us? Like, what's happening? <laughs> but anyway, that that store became a hub for a bunch of different, like, art shows. They, like I said, they would do, like, clothing pop-ups. We had, like, the clientele in there was obviously, like, very cool, just musicians coming through. Um, so, I just got to, like, meet and interact with not only, like, cool people, but cool stuff. So, I feel like, being, being in that environment also also really um, you know taught me a lot about art and music and mm-hmm. photography that I I wasn't necessarily put on to yet and so right. I, I owe lots to them as well as being my like because I feel like I have like my parents I have like my New York parents and then I have my Nashville parents and I, I like <laughs> I feel like they're kind of like they took me under their wing they Gave me a lot of responsibility. They really trusted me. They appreciated me. Um, because again, it was a, a fairly new business at that time. I think it was just them two and me for like a, a good part of like a year and a half, two years, just like running the store.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that informed a, a lot of, a lot of um, now my more like, uh, I guess, direct influences to what I'm trying to do with like photo and music and all of that. Um, so they were kind of my more direct line to New York, I guess, because they right. had just come. They had just come from there. They were here when, like, Ryan McGinley, Dash Snow, Terry Richardson. Uh, you know, all of those guys were were at their peak. You know, right. And so to to work alongside of them and hear stories and hear them talk to me about their their New York experience. That's what I was thinking oh, okay, this is this is really yeah. going to happen. It makes uh, it so much, um,
0: be- so much more beautiful than what yes, you, you yeah, imagined you, it before.
1: Yeah, you start to romanticize it even more because before I was just like, oh, that's that's like a scary place. Like I could never, like I'm a Southern boy. I lived in, you know, the suburbs in Atlanta <laughs> and like Nashville. Like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, but I think that really planted the seed. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but the story is also relevant because I had followed Chris black online for like whatever a few years through high school was just like aware of his presence because of the whole like menswear fashion thing, whatever, followed his Twitter and he had started public announcement at that time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, his agency and and podcast as well. And he and Josh were friends from New York. Mm. Um, from like, you know, back in the day. And so Chris was in town working on a podcast. Um, I was working the store one day, they pull up um, and Chris, you know, we get into conversation like, oh, what are you doing in Nashville? Like, oh, I'm working on this podcast. And then he starts asking me like, what are you doing? Um, and I was like, oh, I'm like doing like photo and, and music. I playing play in like a couple of different bands and stuff. He was like, what are you doing in Nashville? Like what you gotta you gotta you gotta get out of here. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um and so <laughs> I think I think making that connect was was big in me actually like making up my mind to to move here. Cause he was like, I don't know, he was someone that I I had looked up to and and known about and like all the things that he had worked on and that his his peers, the people that he knows were just like people that I wanted to I wanted to know. So um yeah from there we just kind of kept in touch um and whenever I was in New York uh when I was dating Mike's girlfriend we would you know meet up for coffee and and talk and catch up and he was like all right like when are you moving here dog like let's do it and I think from that (laughs) from that first conversation I think it was like maybe a year and a half and I had I had made the move but in doing so it was like hey if I do this like can you like Introducing me to people he's like dude I got you like no problem so yeah. <laughs> um going back to what we were talking about before we we started recording uh about how I can kind of like trace everything back to Chris in a weird way I feel like every like photo gig that I've gotten I can like weirdly trace back to him he introduced me to Dylan and Noah who are now like my dearest friends and my bandmates so um it's funny how that kind of like incubation period in Nashville just kind of like figuring it out Um, has now led to kind of this wild career path where I'm like, yeah, it's weird feeling like somewhat established in New York, like just like three years in, but I honestly feel that way. And I know that wouldn't be possible without like the people that that I met um, during that kind of like period of time. So when you're young and all those, you know, all the situations
0: that you're just explaining, it's like you learn how to deal with stuff that otherwise... You know, if it's your first time, you might make the wrong move or blow up or like, yes, you know, ruin something. Rather <laughs> <Totally>. than-
1: <laughs> which I did. Which I have done. Yeah. Totally. But yeah.
0: it could, yeah. you know, it could be, it could be much, much different without any of those like peers and mentors and you know, yes. parents in three different cities.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. It really, it really takes a village. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Because um, there's
0: a lot of stuff that's just like within you know pursuing something that's not um, I don't want to say common but not like a rigorous path or mm. you know you, you can't really follow in a lot of people's footsteps in, in you know being a drummer or being a photographer yeah so like everything you know is either from experience or through the willingness of your peers who have already been there yes. to like bestow that knowledge upon you and, and help totally. guide you so totally. That's yeah, very special. I,
1: I definitely like I feel like I try to make this as like known as possible and like let my friends know like I, I feel like I couldn't do any of the things that I've done without them. Like like I I very I very much owe like a lot a lot to my community and to my parents and yeah. um, because again like setting out and, and deciding that like okay like I'm not going to make money unless I figure it out unless I send that email or make that connection or right. it, it's on me, you know, if I don't pay rent, you know, so, or if right. I can't pay rent. So um, yeah, I feel like it's, it's also funny having this kind of like photo side of things and music side of things. I feel like I have a lot of different, personalities and people and uh, that I can tap into if I have questions if I have like concerns if I'm like feeling disheartened you know I can reach out to a friend who's probably just gone through the same thing and I feel like that's really important Um, even just like my buddy Ryan who's a drummer like seeing his like career path and like five years ago I thought they had like really done it. But it's like their band had gotten a record deal and was touring a lot. I was like, oh, they're like really making it. And it's really only just now that they're they're hitting their like stride, you know? So you, you really have to be willing to play the long game. Um, and I feel like that's um that's something that I've learned through just like being observant and watching my peers like go through all of their their different ups and downs. So totally. Yeah
0: yeah that's really interesting the community is a huge thing um i kind of want to like go back into the music mm-hmm. so you're in a band mm-hmm. as a drummer and rebounder mm-hmm. and then you're also you know you're saying it's more of electronic solar pursuit and yeah. casual ties yes how do you like i feel like that's A perfect way to go about a solo pursuit because it's like different enough and like it's truly a self-expression um that doesn't conflict you know yes is that something you've thought about (laughs) for a while yeah
1: well i think i think as a drummer i was always used to uh being in that supporting role you know i'm i'm not a flashy drummer i i play Rock music, everything is in four four. Like nothing mm-hmm. is too crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I uh, I want to play to serve the song, you know. And so, being being in that supporting role for so long, I feel like I had, and also being maybe like the youngest member of whatever thing I was in, you you begin to take like a back seat, not because I felt like my opinion didn't matter or something like that, but just simply because like. Oh, I was always trusting of the other people in this whatever, you know, this band or this project. Yeah. And so I kind of like didn't maybe make my voice as heard because I was like more willing to just be like, "No, you make the decision and then I'll kind of like see what happens. I'll watch for the outcome. Like you guys have more like life experience, maybe you have a gut instinct and I'm just like I'm willing to trust you guys with whatever decision you make." And so as a drummer, you start to just kind of fit into that spot of like, no, I'm, I'm just a drummer. I'm here to just like keep time. I'm here to run tracks and like count off the songs and make sure everyone's on the same page and nothing beyond that. And so getting into that mindset, I, um, I don't know. I don't know if I started to like belittle my own sense of like, either like taste or, or whatever, but I definitely just like wasn't thinking about what I wanted to do and, um, I think there came a point where I was just like, oh, I want to I wanna make my own thing. I just want to do my own thing. I want to be the face of something, <laughs> you know, for the yeah, first yeah. time. Yeah. Even, like, maybe maybe sort of selfishly, I was just like, oh, yeah, I want to just, like, do my own thing, and I don't want to have to answer to anybody. I don't want to have to ask anybody else if, if this is cool or not, you know. Um, yeah. I don't want anyone else's input unless I ask for it, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so... Yeah, cut to cut to like peak quarantine. Um, I was still living in Brooklyn. We had kind of like a home studio set up, and uh, I was familiar with Ableton, but more so in like the live sense in terms of like using it to fire tracks and, and click tracks and stuff like that. And so mm-hmm. was familiar with it, but never had really like sat down to like teach myself how to produce. And so. At this point, I had had years of experience watching either roommates who were producers or, you know, my buddy Dylan um, just like rip around in Ableton and record, you know, demos and songs and stuff. And I was like, oh, I can I can do that, you know, just like subconsciously logging all this information um, in my head. And I think the second I sat down to actually like make a song or make a beat, you know uh that all of that information just kind of like spilled out and so very quickly i became almost like addicted to, to just like making making stuff cuz i was like oh i don't have to like i don't have to like ask anybody for permission or like right i i i have the enough musical knowledge to like figure it out mm-hmm. and synthesizers kind of allow you the opportunity to Kind of cut some corners and maybe like, because I don't know music theory like any of that, but I know what sounds good. And sure. I feel like um, I've talked about this before with like uh, other musician friends, but I feel like as a drummer, you have sort of a roadmap for um, how a song should progress. And you know, you're you're the one helping the plane take off and also landing the plane. You know, right. you're, you're the you're the one to kind of like signal like, all right, we're gonna build up here, we're gonna go into a down chorus, whatever, you know, right. so I think as as I've, um, you know, played with a bunch of different people and, and played live and stuff, you kind of start to have like a roadmap for how should the song go dynamically, what it should sound like, and so I just started kind of like piecing together these beats, which then grew into like songs, like three or four minute, like songs, I, um, through working at that store in, in Nashville, Josh, had turned me on to, like, all of this great, um, like, house, deep house, lo-fi house, whatever. Um, Different, like, 1080p was this really great um, record label out of Canada, I think Montreal, maybe. So he put me on to, like, Project Pablo, you know, Patrick Holland, Mm -hmm. um, and then Jamie XX had put out his solo record, like, in 2015, which I just, like, fell in love with, because I was like, oh, here's yeah, here's a, here's a guy who's just been backing up his friends, his, his you know, um, I don't know, are they siblings? I can't even remember. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, but anyway, has been backing up this band for so long and now he's really just like put his foot down and been like, I'm gonna put out this amazing electronic record, you know, with with yeah. like also like an amazing rap song featuring Young Duck. I was like, that to me was super sick. Um, and so just kind of t- t- uh, took all of those influences and um, started experimenting and seeing seeing what what would come out. And so, um, I think while I was while I was living in Brooklyn, I lived with my like hub of of Nashville friends that I had moved to New York with. Mm-hmm. And so there was like it was like a two story apartment. I think there were five of us total. And so whenever anyone would like make something, because um, my buddy Hunter does video. My friend Chloe does. He, she's a songwriter and singer. she's brilliant. My buddy Austin um, takes photos and makes music, and like does all of seven, and then Phoenix also takes photos. So I was just living in this house of house of um, artists, and so we all felt comfortable whenever we, were, whenever we were working on something to just bring it to the rest of the house. Yeah. And so I would work on these these demos all day you know, export them, put them on my phone and then take them upstairs, because the studio's in the basement, take them upstairs and plug them in, uh, plug my phone into the uh, like nice stereo system that Austin had upstairs, and would play these songs for my roommates. And it was cool because they were always very receptive and always like down to like hear what I was working on. And I feel like that's a really positive environment when you're when you're really new to something because this was this was something that I had like no prior experience like I was just like very much in the like oh yeah wouldn't it be cool if I did this and then was just like showing my friends just to be like I did this today you know Um, and so I remember maybe after like the sixth or seventh beat that I showed them they started to be like oh wait like this is this is actually pretty good. So I kind of like, I kind of like took that, took that feedback and was like, okay, well, if, if I'm, if I'm capable of kind of like, you know, making this come together so quickly. And if, if it's listenable, you know, within, within the first few tries, I think I should, I I think I should kind of take this and run with it. So out of that made, you know, like a five song EP um, that I put out, I guess last year, like <laughs> end of I think end of 2020 um but I think it was a thing of where if I didn't put it out then I would have held on to it for too long and then decided that it was good enough or wasn't what yeah, I wanted tried to, to put be out. Too perfect and precious tried to be yeah if, if if you're too precious with with something I think sometimes you can just completely miss the boat or miss the Absolutely. whatever miss the opportunity so I was just like you know what I'm just gonna put this out and uh put out like a single and was able to get like a premiere um, with my buddy, Alex, who works at Hero Magazine. Mm. Um, which is like a UK based like fashion magazine. Cause I was like, I want to go like the cool fashion route. I don't yeah, want to yeah. do the weird, the like music blog route. So <laughs> whatever, did this like feature with them, which was super cool. My buddy Phoenix, who I was who still live with and was living with at the time, did my press photos. So I was able oh, yeah. to tap like all these different people. Um, and also being in the middle of quarantine, people are just like down to help, down sure. to, down to, um, you know, collaborate. And so I had some, like, half-finished songs or some, like, you know, 90% finished songs, but I needed, like, Austin to put down a guitar line. Or I needed Mm -hmm. Chloe to, like, sing, like, a vocal riff that I could then, like, chop up and, like, put in there. Mm -hmm. And then also, like, tap my brother, who still lives in Nashville, to, like, put guitar on a song. And he plays, like, country music and, like, metal but I was able to like tap him to play on like a house song. So it just became this really fun way of like, okay, how can I, how can I like take this over the finish line and, and make it maybe slightly more polished than just like a a dude with like an NPC, you know? (laughs) So, so I, um, yeah, anyway, it just became this really cool collaborative thing where it's like I had, I had made these, these songs and was able to bring in a bunch of friends from different parts of my life to like, Mm -hmm put put something make down, work. make it work. My buddy Mitch, who I traveled with, um, ended up mixing and mastering it. He got like an old cassette like machine and like mastered the thing through like an old cassette tape. So it sounded really like lo-fi and like bad quality. And I was like, this is cool. <laughs> this is cool. Um, and so, but yeah, it kind of just snowballed from there. And it again gave me an opportunity to express myself in a way that I feel like I hadn't really been able to before. Um, cause I got to call the shots and I got to just make what I wanted to make that day. And I'm not really good at writing like lyrics or anything like that. So I was like, this is going to be purely instrumental. Like yeah. if there is, if there is a vocal part, it's not going to be like someone telling a story. It's going to be like just another texture sure. in there. And so whatever i you know produced out this this five song EP and then there are a few other songs left over from that that I put out at the beginning of this year Mm -hmm. and now I've moved and don't really have the same studio setup so I'm kind of like relearning how to produce just like on my laptop without all of the like fun toys and stuff um but I don't know I feel like also we're talking about the long game um as a drummer I don't want to be touring when I'm 35 or 40, at least not the whole year, you know? So it, it becomes, uh, I think, a really important um, skill uh, as a drummer to have like the producer side as well, Mm -hmm. to have the, get some production credits on some, you know, some rock record or some, like, I don't know if I continue to do like the, the house stuff, you know, I think it's, it's good to start honing that skill now um, so that down down the road I can, you know, produce other people's records because a lot of, a lot of the the producers I like are also drummers. And so I feel like it would be cool to kind of follow, follow in that sort of um, path of drummer turned producer. So definitely we'll see what happens with that. I feel like it's, it's very much still in its early stages. And I still want to, I want to put out enough songs, in my mind right now, it's like 10, I want to put out 10 songs that I can show up and like do a live set somewhere, Hmm. whether that be like a DJ set or if there are some live elements, have like some friends play guitar and like me play like a drum pad or something like that. But I'm still figuring out how to, how to kind of adapt those songs into a a live setting. But yeah, um, all of that to me is like really exciting and something to look forward to. And again, something I'm totally uncomfortable doing, but I just want to like push myself to do it because I feel like a lot of, um, a lot of good could come out of that just like a lot Absolutely. of song could come out of that um yeah and in the I, mean- sorry go
0: ahead oh, I was just gonna say when I first listened to that roommate's song I was in yeah. the car and like <laughs> I, all I was imagining was like some sort of live performance of this but it like I don't know <laughs> so, how it really looked it was just like dark with like one blue light
1: <laughs> it was just like say, I mean you're gonna you're gonna art direct. The video or the live <laughs> performance that there when i have go. a live show <laughs> sick yeah dude i um, i think i just wanted to to put something out there to give people just like even just more of an insight into like who i am as an artist
0: totally as like
1: as like corny as that sounds i feel like i have like the photos and the music with like mm-hmm. band stuff but there's also this whole other side that's like, oh no, he really likes lo-fi house. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he can, he can produce out these songs and I don't know. It, it, I feel like it gives like a bigger picture. Like every project that I put out gives this like bigger picture of like the world that I see or the world that I have like in my head and this whole, totally. like, um, I don't know. It's, um, it's been fun to just kind of figure it out and and not do it for either money or you know recognition uh it's just been this this hobby that's grown into something that i love doing and i can just sit at home and do it by myself which is nice yeah so and
0: true self-expression yeah
1: and true self-expression exactly yeah
0: that's awesome um I saw that you just took pictures of Justine Curland and I am very curious. Oh intrigued. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the
1: pictures look great. So oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Please talk about that. <laughs> yeah, well, I I love um like studio visit type type things. I love like like apartment yeah. apartamento magazine, I feel like is another big part of like my influence. Like um in high school I remember like seeing it at Barnes and Noble in in my like suburban town and i was like i i saw it i was like wait what is this like this is crazy like there were a bunch of like cool ads they were covering like all these cool artists had all this cool furniture i was like so Mm -hmm. sick so i feel like i just i i took that and kind of ran with it um and so now being in new york and having all of these different artists around me it's cool to to show up to their home or studio and take photos with them and talk to them and um it, it goes beyond, I think just like a photographer taking photos of someone. I like actually want to get to like know this person and know their process, especially when it is another photographer like Justine. Um, yeah. it's funny last, last year when I was still living in Brooklyn, Chloe, my roommate had gotten her book girl pictures. I mm-hmm. remember seeing it like on our coffee table and picking it up and flipping through it being like, Whoa, this is, this is wild. And then cut to a few weeks ago. Um, Claire, my girlfriend, and Goots run their uh, newspaper, and they had partnered with um, Independent Art Fair, which just happened last week. And so, as part of this partnership, they wanted um, there to be some like artist uh, interviews in mm-hmm. in the in the paper, and so they had done kind of like a cribs esque kind of thing in in previous um, issues, and so they asked me to come along. And we interviewed Scott Covert who's a brilliant painter um, artist he does like um, these gravestone rubbings Whoa. and so he takes like a canvas and drives around the country to famous people's grave sites and does these like rubbings onto canvas and then stretches them and puts them up so he has like Marilyn Monroe, Andy Warhol like the Ramones like insane Jeez. stuff so we went to we went to his apartment in, in harlem and he's like this old like queenie like 70 year old man who now lives on 145th street you know like way uptown and we were like do you like do you like miss being like downtown because he was in new york during like studio 54 and like all, all right. of that he's like he's like no i've done it all I'm good like I'm all set I'm tired of going out like I've seen it all you guys Mm -hmm. you guys are actually like growing up in like the worst time and I was like oh thanks man Thanks, bro. he was like oh phones phones have ruined everything like Instagram has ruined everything I was like fair Um, but anyway the the second one we did was with Justine and it's funny because she um, is kind of like in between studios right now and someone like offered her the space in Dumbo. And so um, as part of this studio setup, she also had basically not all of her work, but a lot of her work framed and on the walls in her Mm. studio, which I feel like is pretty rare. I haven't been into like many like photo studios, Um, but we walked in and it was like every photo from girl pictures was like framed and and on the wall. And so, I was immediately just like, oh, I'm going to like really get a lot out of this because um, I just really love her work. I think she's brilliant. And she was so she was so kind and accommodating and um, was just like very forthcoming with like information and and.
0: she seems really generous, yeah.
1: She's she's very generous. You know, Goots was doing the the interview as I was kind of, like, walking around her studio photographing the different, you know, little corners and vignettes and stuff like that, but really did a deep dive on, on, a, lot, on a lot of her work and kind of got to hear where she was coming from. Um, she, like, traveled around in a van for, like, yeah. five years, which like I with didn't her, know, with her, with, her, with, with her son, yeah. And there's yeah. all these, like, amazing photos of her son, like, growing up. You know like in these photos and um there was that there was some uh like she had photographed these um like cults which was really interesting like in again in the middle of the woods somewhere everyone's yeah. like these n- nudist colonies you know
0: right
1: um and then also had um these really great uh collages that she would started doing she's essentially like cutting out um pages of books and like mm-hmm. collaging them together, which was really cool. And then she would like paste the final like collage onto the open book, essentially mm-hmm. that she'd cut out out like the pages from, yeah. which was really rad. I don't know. She was just she's brilliant. She was super kind. She was like, oh, like. I love that camera. Like I was shooting on my contacts. She's like, Oh, I love that camera. I used to have one. Like, be careful. Like the, just like talking about like a de- a defect that that camera has. And I was like, just be careful. Like when it breaks, it's probably like done forever. It's a, like, yeah, yeah. I know. It's a good stop after that. Yeah. 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 And then she was like, Oh, I think I have a bunch of, a bunch of 35 um, film in my fridge at home. I'll let you know. Um, you can, you can just have it. I was like, Oh yeah. Sick. Let me know. Like sick. as you, as you, as you probably know, there's a shortage on, on 35 right now. So absolutely. I was like, yeah, let me, let me have it. <laughs> but um, she's brilliant. I always, always just love talking to uh, other artists. I feel like that's kind of where I get the most, I don't know, joy. (laughs) It's very fulfilling. In in terms of subject matter, it is really fulfilling to hear where people are coming from and to hear their stories and to hear also just the stories behind certain photographs. That's like, that's everything. I love that. (laughs) You know, so anyway, Justine's amazing. Shout out Justine. Love your work. Yes. You're great. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing.
0: That's amazing. Um, Is that kind of like the ideal photo work and assignment for you?
1: Like, I think, like, right. Rec- I think, yeah, going, going to people's studios, going to people's homes. I think it just becomes very personal. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get. I think at least right now out of my photos is a personal, intimate look into someone's life or into someone's personality or into someone's, you know, mm-hmm. create their creative expression, you know, yeah. um, And being able to tell a story, I feel like people's, excuse me, people's uh, spaces have a lot to do with who they are as people. Like you can, you can really tell um, a lot from the furniture someone has in their apartment or how disorganized it is or how organized it is, you know. How
0: they choose to surround themselves. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's
1: funny talking to Scott, that artist, um, he like didn't have any furniture, in his home he was like yeah i got rid of my couch it was just like in the way because he just like he just wants to paint and like and draw all day (laughs) he was like
0: old new york shit (laughs) yeah
1: so he was like i don't need to be like sitting on the couch and like i don't entertain like i don't go out like who cares so it was just like very bare bones. But then you saw like all of his work, all of these like rolled up canvases in the corner, all of his like books. Like he says yeah. he doesn't even, I was like, do you listen to music? Do you listen to the radio? Cause he doesn't have like a TV or anything. He's just like, no, I just sit and like draw for hours. I was like, dude, that's beautiful because I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I need, you know, some music Simulation. playing in the background. Even if I'm editing or something like that, I need something happening in the background. Um, so I think, I think. I get a lot out of going into someone's space, photographing them, see how seeing how they live their lives, seeing their process, whatever. Um, I think again, that intimacy is what I'm going for in in photos most of the time right. in my work. At least at least the work that I really like. That's that's what I appreciate. Like a yeah. Wolfgang a Wolfgang Tillman's image, I feel like speaks to that in a lot of ways. Like a lot of his work is very much, like, here's an intimate look into, like, my life, whether it be him partying in Berlin in the 80s, or even to now taking photos of, like, Frank Ocean, it just all feels very, like, intimate and special, and... Yeah, it's um, delicate, and it's... it's very delicate, exactly, so um, I've always, like, gravitated towards that, that kind of um, message, I guess.
0: Yeah, I was just talking with my friend, Erin Springer, and she's a photographer. And that was like a a big thing with our conversation because she'll go on like assignment for like the New Yorker or the Times or something like that. And I feel like those assignments are typically like, you know, intense deadlines and like we Mm. need, you know, it's very rigorous. Yeah. And yeah, something that she was saying that's like living with me a lot is, you know, there's, aside from the photo, there's like this tremendous experience that leads up to it, you know, yeah. because that picture yeah. doesn't just happen, no. you know, like Tillman's doesn't get a picture of Frank, like with his hands on his head like that, <laughs> just because he asked him to do so. Like, there's totally. probably hours and hours of conversation or whatever it is that lead us yes. to this trust to like bow your head and like put your hand, you know, like, totally or justine showing you something that maybe she was hesitant but it was like okay kobe's cool like think, <laughs> yeah. you know There's she, she all- took
1: she, she took one book off of her shelf and was like this is very explicit just so you know i was like <laughs> whatever dude like i don't care like, um but yeah i think i think getting that just very personal look into someone's life into someone's work i feel like is very important and um I think a lot of it has to do with the photographer really connecting with the subject. And like you said, like talking to them, hanging out with them a few times, maybe before you even photograph them, before you even bring out the camera, you know, right. building, um, up that trust. building up the trust. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that is, is very trust-based. I think it's cool too, how specifically Tillman's, his photos feel very candid. His mm-hmm. photos don't feel too posed, mm-hmm. but a lot of times they are. So I'm like, how do you how do you create that environment where it, it feels very natural? It feels very just kind of like spur of the moment, um, but it actually was a very well thought out, like maybe not even lighting setup, but just like where everything is placed and what the yeah. person is wearing, like all of that. Um, so I think that that's always what I'm striving for is like the candid feeling moment that maybe n- might not be so candid. Totally. Um, so anyway, I love him. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was, uh, I kind of,
0: I mean, I don't know about late, but I kind of was introduced or like got into him a little bit later than, I don't know. Maybe I should have. I don't really consume Hmm. a lot of work like that. I feel like I'm consuming more like the fine art documentary like Steinmetz, Mark Steinmetz, like Alex Soth kind of stuff. Totally. Um, But then, yeah, there's that side of it, you know, that Tillman's is touching that's just like you know, it just like feels good. It's like warm. Yeah, it's
1: warm. It's delicate. Like you said, it feels very intimate. Um, And it's light. It's not like hard to look at you know yeah i don't feel it's... like i have to get ready to look at like <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not shocking you know right but it is but it is beautiful it's shockingly beautiful but it's not yeah. shocking you know yeah. um, there's some books or
0: like some people's work that like i won't open a book and just look at a picture you know i'll like i'll start it and i'll yeah. finish it and totally. and one sitting like unbothered yeah. like mm-hmm. quiet room you know like if i'm looking at like steinmetz books like whatever greater atlanta or something i've done it like yeah. four times already where like i want to see <laughs> yeah. one picture yeah but, but i gonna... won't go to it i'm just yeah. gonna like start yeah. and finish it
1: yeah well i mean i feel like part of that is also just like bringing context to that one picture that you exactly see. you want to see like the the journey or the yeah again like the context around that one photo that you love
0: exactly yeah 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 it all puts it together (laughs) yeah
1: yeah um there was a i will say there was a tillman's show uh like right when i moved here in 2018 um at david's werner and i remember Mm. walking in there because it was still early days of living in new york and just being like very unsure and being just like very confused and uncertain you know and so (laughs) i uh but I, I remember having like a day off or something like that. And I walked into Werner Zwerner Gallery in Chelsea and it was a pretty extensive show of his. It was like the entire gallery and like so many photos, there was like a an audio element to it as well. You like go into this room and just like, you're just hearing Wolfgang Tillman's talk. It's mm-hmm. like in this like kind of quiet room. Um, but then, obviously, he has, like, huge blown-up photos of, like, um, like, sea foam, like, on the sand. It was, like, this yeah. massive print. And it was just, like, these bubbles yeah, on yeah. sand. I was, like, the, the, like, calming effect that that had on me. And just seeing this more extensive body of work, because I had really only seen his work in, like, books or, you know, online or whatever. Mm-hmm. Seeing that work in person, I just remember feeling, like, a sense of calm that... I hadn't really gotten since I moved to New York like two months prior. And so that was like a very like landmark moment of feeling like, oh, I want my photos to feel like this. I want people to feel this like sense of like, oh yeah, this is a very welcoming and like warm environment. And um, I feel like his his work at that time, that show covered a lot of ground Um, And there were some rooms that were maybe a little bit more like intense and in your face, Um, but the, like I remember the bigger rooms and the light coming in and, you know, the photos of like bodies, you know, all of that kind of next to each other. It felt, I felt this like sense of almost like I wasn't even in New York. I'd been like transported somewhere else, you know? Yeah. It's like absorbing Um, for sure. Yeah. It's very absorbing. So I think, again, that's what, I want my work to feel like I'm always like chasing that element of like everything's stressful. The world is obviously in a crazy place right now. Everything feels uncertain, but if I can bring someone that like moment of peace, then that's what, mm-hmm. that's what I want to do. And I feel like in a lot of ways, I feel like that's what I, what I want with my music as well, whether it be with the band or, or my own music. I want that moment of escape for other people. I want people to experience that. So, um, yeah,
0: totally. I think more yeah. people need to listen to casual ties in their car. <laughs> Stream
1: casual ties while you're driving on the PCH. And you too can escape. <laughs> <laughs> and you too can <laughs> reach enlightenment. I, don't know.
0: <laughs> um, I guess last, last thing is your, we talked about this before recording, but you're about to go on tour. Well little mini yeah. tour with uh, How Long Gone.
1: Yeah, we're doing we're doing our first podcast tour. Uh, so I think the yeah. first podcast tour. I think <laughs> the first one ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a historical moment, really. So you should buy a ticket and pull up. Um, <laughs> but no, our uh, our buddies Chris and Jason are doing their their How Long Gone tour. They just signed to Jag Jaguar, which I think is really funny as a podcast adding to like an indie <laughs> label like that. It's so tight. Um, but they asked us to open the, um, the Bowery Ballroom show, which is sold out. And the list is full, in case you were wondering. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, not, it's not full for you, David, if you want to find it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, we're doing New York with them, we're doing Philadelphia, and we're doing Boston. So go on their website or on Rebounder NYC, our Instagram and figure out where to come where to come see us uh we're gonna open this podcast show so it'll be it'll be i don't know if any. i don't know if everyone's gonna be like sitting or what but i think there (laughs) there'll be an opportunity to like really engage i feel like anything that like those guys co-sign their listeners are also invested in so i feel like yeah i feel like like, (laughs) cult following yeah exactly so We'll play we'll play thirty to forty five minutes of indie rock music and then and then pass it off to Chris and Jason so I think it'll be fun we also haven't played in Philadelphia I don't think ever we've played in Boston before so it'll be fun to go back there and then also go to Philadelphia for the first time so yeah
0: that's fun yeah you yeah. should uh you should eat at South Philly Barbacoa South Philly Barbacoa yeah that sounds I do yeah
1: um like a taco spot
0: best tacos I've ever had in my entire life Sydney let's and I, go. Rented a car just to drive there from just the to go there. <laughs> That's yeah. sick. And we That's ended sick. up eating tacos at like we had like a half pound of meat at like 11 <laughs> a.m. Oh, <laughs> like, oh no. shit. Like maybe we were a right. bit early. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm going to need to fast that whole day before. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Jeez. Eat the
1: tour off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah,
0: everybody who's interested should go, you know, there you go. Reach your escape with Kobe. Yeah, exactly. How long exactly. We,
1: we're we're super thankful to be playing shows again, um, and so it'll be good to get out of New York, um, which we've played pretty consistently over the last like two or three months, and, and nice. play for some some new faces, make some new friends. Um, yeah, I'm very very thankful for the opportunity. So
0: yeah, that's fun. Well, thank you for doing this, man. It's yes, been really really good. Thank been you. Really David. generous. Hey, I try to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Brad.